You're listening to Siren Radio with me, Andrew David, always anticipates what's going to happen on a Thursday afternoon. This week, and this is not a spoiler alert, but we have moved our clocks in the United Kingdom. So we are recording this at you at the UK time. This is now uh, winter time at one minute past three. It is still one minute past eight in the United States because they don't fall back. See, I've got the right terminology here until this coming weekend. To confirm that, the man who has his finger on the pulse of everything in the man cave and beyond, will you welcome, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and give a big siren welcome for Bruce K. Rosenblum. Hey, where is he? Hey, uh, Pardon? Hello? Come out from under your desk, Bruce. That's where are cue. you? That's your cue. I saw a really strangely cute picture of you. Your dog this week in a jacket <laughs> that your wife posted, and he, he's he's dressed up and he looks like a hot dog, literally a hot dog. He was that, dressed for that, Halloween is, as, as a hot dog. Some, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could, if you did that in the United Kingdom, you could be arrested by the Royal Society of the Parental Cruelty to Animals. <laughs> the Queen would well, be down on you. Well, my daughter and her husband dressed as hot dog vendors from Dodger Stadium. Uh, and they dressed my seven-month-old grandson up as a hot dog. Oh, what? And and then Jackie ended up dressing Duke up as a hot dog. So they they we have the picture. I don't know if you saw the one of them side by side with their hot dog right. outfits on. Just saw the dog. And then one. it was posted, "Who's cuter?" <laughs> and, yeah. And, and again, and, uh, we have we have another organization in this country, the RSPCC, which is the Royal Society of Protection of Cruelty to Children. So you guys. You are going to be banned next time you try and get into the UK because of those pictures. Be careful. Be warned. You oh, have been come on. Warned. They, they were so cute. You have they to... were. I have to say, <laughs> the, the hot dog jacket on a dog, which is hot. I just I was rolling about. I thought it was amazing, which is well, great. The, cap, the hat that he was wearing was a little tiny Dodger hat. Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about Dodgers. We're not going to talk about Dodgers because we're going to talk about the World Series, the result of that in a bit. Um, okay. But there's all sorts of things. Uh, we've had COP26. We've had your guy over here. Um, he tore a bit of a strip off the Chinese, but you know, no surprise there. Uh, but you, we've just had our pre-chat um, and in it we can sense where the program's going to go, where the ideas are going to go. And your shoulders are down a bit because you've had two governorship um, elections um, which have really challenged where things are at the moment and where potentially things could be going to 2024. I'm going to give you the platform because your your background is in, you know, working for Warner Brothers and being able to do the number crunching. But you also know about people, about culture, demography and technology. And you also studied politics when you were back in college. So, you know, you when people hear you talk, they have to realise you're not talking as a ranter, as someone who's just on a soapbox having a go the first thing that comes into his head you spend a lot of time during the week thinking about what you want to share um on the radio as part of american cousins so bruce where are we because um i sense um the, the democratic shoulders the you know there's a there's a weight around your neck at the moment yeah it's pretty interesting what's going on in this country um you know we had um kind of a an insight into what will happen in 2022 as New Jersey, which is a very democratic state and has had, and, um, and in Virginia, which has gone democratic, um, had uh, two governorships up for reelection or actually, uh, 
not re-election, but Virginia had a governorship race, uh, two, two new candidates and, uh, New Jersey had uh, Phil Murphy, um, running for re-election and the, the, the Democrats in Virginia were running on an anti-Trump, you know, platform, just, they were, they made it all about Trump and, and, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, but there's been a lot of backlash because of things that are happening around country um, as it relates to Joe Biden. Uh, we've we've talked about Biden's um, popularity numbers declining. We've talked about people feeling feel that with as of late the country's going in the wrong direction. So the Republicans have basically seized upon that and have made that the issue, while the Democrats have really made you know have tried to to paint their their rivals in these races as trumpers and they they made their whole message about anti-trump and that's not exactly how the voting turned out go on so then in, in virginia the democrat mcauliffe lost to yunkin who was endorsed by trump and in New Jersey, Phil Murphy was losing all night, but ended up squeaking out a very narrow victory. So the Democrat won in, in New Jersey, but it wasn't a convincing win, which it n- normally is. Um, so the good news, bad news of this is that the races were very, very close. They weren't blowouts. They were very, very close. But the fact that the Democrat in Virginia lost was a striking blow to the Democrats and a kind of a, a signal about what's to come going forward. Um, New Jersey, too, even though they, the Democrats stayed in power, um, it was it was closer than it should have been. And there's a lot of different reasons for, for what's going on. I mean, people right now feel that, the you know, Trump is so ingrained in this country that you really can't attack him and use that as a way for people not to vote for him. It's like, you know, people know Trump's bad. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but that's not a, that's not a strong enough reason for me not to vote for him. So you can't keep harping on that whole Trump thing. And even though Trump was as dangerous as he was and the insurrection was as bad as it was and we all saw it, it's still not, for whatever reason, the things that he got away with and the things that happened during his presidency are still not enough to, to convince people not to support, to support him or candidates he's endorsing. That, that's really quite difficult for for a UK brain to get their get round because there's always this euphoria in the first flow of of a new presidency or a, a new parliament, um, mm-hmm. and things are always going the well normally go the government's way. The, the, whoever's won uh, to have this happening w- within the first year and barely a year since the election was, was happened um, must be very demoralising. It is, and and, the, and it's all and it's all you know as we know it's all about sound bites and messaging these days. And what's happened is that Biden Biden came into a situation where he was up to his knees in, in manure. He was he was <laughs> nicely he inherited put, nicely put. He was handed a very bad situation, and so the first thing that he, he the, the the two things that he promised to do were infrastructure, building back better, and and first of all tech. The pandemic, which was handled poorly by the previous administration. So Biden put the faith back into the science and listened to the science and created a great distribution system to get the vaccines out there when they became available. Biden was America's sweetheart initially for the job that he did with the pandemic. And he's still doing a great job with the pandemic. Don't get me wrong. there, But it's the backlash 
of the pandemic now, because most people feel that we're under control now. We're seeing hospitalizations and deaths going down. We're seeing kids going back to school. We're seeing businesses reopening. We're seeing stadiums filled with people. And so, you know, now the struggles for Biden are getting people vaccinated still because it's a political football, particularly with young people who are now five to 11 year olds who have now received um, the green light to get vaccinated by the CDC. They approved the Pfizer for kids, the half dose. So, but parents, 70% of parents say they're not rushing out to get their kids vaccinated. There's still anti-masking and anti-vaxxing uh, out there. And it's all, it's all based on politics. It's all based on this political football that was, you know, that, that was created under the previous administration. And it's so it's very political. And so, but now that people are kind of feel like they're, we're getting past the pandemic, it's time to turn your attention towards other things that are happening. And as a result of the pandemic, um, we're seeing, you know, labor shortages because people just, you know, haven't rushed to go back to work. So it's hard to find people to, to do their jobs. Um, we have a, a huge global supply chain problem that's not just affecting this country, but affecting the world. But, you know, as far as this country is concerned, products aren't getting off the boats and distributed to the stores. So we've got all sorts of shortages, uh, which will really impact, will really impact Christmas in the next, within the next couple of weeks. So, and then we're seeing as a result of that, and I know that you're seeing, you know, petrol shortages in, in the yep. UK, you know, we're seeing gas prices going up like crazy here. So we have higher gas prices. We have, you know, we have inflation. We have higher prices in the grocery stores, higher meat prices. Um, just sta- the everyday staples are going up if, if they're even available. Um, we're, we're seeing, you know, f- you know, continued fights over mandates for masks and vaccines. Um, as it relates to hiring and as it rela- relates to just being healthy. And, and all these things now are serving to disrupt the Biden presidency. And really, uh-huh. es- in essence, he is being blamed for everything, even though this is yeah. the inheritance factor yeah, because uh, over, his over which he could do nothing. Right. It's his watch. So he's getting blamed for everything. So people are feel that the country's now going in the wrong direction. But what, what, his, what, his, what, the honeymoon second, with him is over. What, what they're going to, what people will say is, ah, but everybody coming in says that. Is there something that makes this slightly different? In, in what respect? How do you mean? In, in, in the sense that, did the pandemic actually make the inheritance factor much, much worse than in any other time of change from one presidency to another? I think yeah, the, I, the answer I, is, I think, is yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously yes. Yeah, yeah, no, no question, no question. It's yes, and 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 then on top of that, he had all the other presidential you know, things he had to deal with. He has to deal with Congress on getting his infrastructure bill passed, and he has to deal with um, the fact that the um, the the getting out of Afghanistan when they ended that was kind of botched. Yeah, and so you know all that just is just more fuel for the fire, and it paints this picture of incompetency. And then you've got, you know, he closed his eyes at the, uh, the COP26 meeting and they said, oh, you know, embarrassing. Biden fell asleep. But Biden actually did pretty well on the world stage there. He, he, he actually got a lot done, I believe. And, and he, he, he probably made more points on the world stage than he does here at home right now um, for some of the things that, that came out of that conference. But mm-hmm. it's tough because not only, not only that, not only does he have Republicans disrupting his presidency and not only does he have you know, the, the, the losses, the loss in Virginia in the close race in, in New Jersey. But he's got infighting within his own party. 
Um, you know, and it's, and it's like, it's like how we were all talking about the Republican party, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the party of Reagan anymore. It's like, what is it? It's, it's either Trump or it's, you know, whatever it was before that. But now the democratic party is, is got its own infighting between the progressive wing and the moderate wing. And so the Democrats can't even get their act together. So you've got the Republicans out there seizing on, on all the, the, the backlash to the pandemic. The, they're, they're seizing on uh, the economy. Um, they're seizing on Afghanistan. And now they're seizing on the whole battle between within the Democratic Party, between what they're labeling as the socialists versus the moderates. And so it, it's like it's like one of these Murphy's Law thing where everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And if the Democrats are going to try to come out of this thing and, and try to save 2022 from being just a a total uh, steamroller by the Republicans, they better get their messaging straight. They better re refigure out, you know, how they, how they tackle the Trump situation. It's beyond me that why Trump and his, and his cohorts aren't in jail already for what they did. There's so much information that's come out and there's so many things that, that he did to undermine democracy here that if it was back in the 1700s, he, Trump would be hanging from the, from the nearest tree next to Nathan Hale for, for being a traitor, right? Just it, it 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 it's it's beyond me why why you know nothing happens to this guy. He continues to hold these these rallies. He continues to harp on the past on what happened in 2020 rather than looking forward to the future. And they're saying now that he is going to run in 2024. He's probably going to be the nominee. And they're telling everybody strap yourselves in because there's such he's he has sown the seeds of doubt in in elections. And the Republicans keep um, defeating every voting rights bill that is being put into the Senate, into the House. So, and and and, and the and the red states have passed so many uh, voting uh, reform acts in their states to make it harder, particularly for people of color to vote. That you know, if <laughs> if Trump loses, they they you know who you know who knows what could happen. The lid will be blown off some pot that will make the January 6th insurrection look like um, like like a like a, a frat party. And, and that know. is going back to where we started our discussion today. The, the thing that weighs heavily on your shoulders and not just yours, but everybody who perhaps is right thinking on whichever level of political spectrum they sit, because you, you shouldn't be going into election thinking, oh, crumbs. Do I need to vote a different way in order to stop something like another civil war? Let's use the word um, sure. another because we've had civil wars in the United Kingdom. We're not, I'm not just saying uh, civil war in that sort of way, thinking of the American civil war. But um, if there's a potential for the flashpoint that we saw earlier this year, um, which destroyed so many things in the capital, but also took so many lives, the potential for that to escalate over the next two or three years with the midterms and then that sort of inevitable uh, ball rolling towards the election. It is absolutely terrifying, isn't it? It, it is. And, and, and you think about it, and it's not that far away. And, you know, the, this whole MAGA thing with Trump and this whole a lot of these issues in this country are really cultural. It's really, you know, Trump. You know, make America great again was really a metaphor for bring America back to where it used to be when when whites were in in the majority and controlled everything in this country. Right. And diversity scares people. 
you know, and you people, you know, and, and people, if you go outside of the, the New York and, and Los Angeles and San Francisco, you know, democratic liberal bastions in this country, and you go out into the farmlands and into the Midwest and, you know, across this country, people will tell you they're scared of diversity. And it's, it's funny to hear that. It's funny to hear that. I mean, it's, it's, dread, it's dreadful to hear that you, yeah. you um, in 2021 are actually saying that when so many yeah. people have given up so much in order to bring equality as well as diversity uh, yeah. to, to enrich our lives. It's 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 uh, breathtaking. It is. And, and as you know, that ship has sailed. OK, and it's yeah. sailed. It's been sailing for a good 10 years now. You know, as we were speaking before, in one of the things that we noticed uh, in, in, in looking at how television shows needed to be created for the future, we needed to understand the country. We needed to understand the audience, the audience for, for of television viewers and the audiences for, for advertisers who would be supporting the, the creation and development and airing of these shows, right? <clears throat> so we undertook this study and we took, we took a huge, we took a, a look and it, and it, it didn't take long before the results smacked us right in the face. About 10 years ago, there was a perfect storm of things that took place. First of all, tech, in, in, and they were in the areas of technology, culture, uh, and diversity and demographics. And if, and, and, and this isn't just a, a U.S. thing. This is a worldwide thing. Okay. Um, in this country, though, we'll focus on America because that's what we're talking about. But technology wise, Penetration levels for technology were at about 90%. Cell phones, internet, computers, um, you know, smart TVs, you know, technology, anything that can be used to make your life easier. Most everybody in this country had access to it. Even people in, in the hinterlands out here had, had access to internet. And so everybody's connected to, to news and information instantly. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that culturally, we saw a huge shift. There is no more white majority in this country, and it's going to continue to decline as we go forward. There, the increases in uh, the non-white population here has grown substantially over the years. Where the white majority used to be a 90-10 split, yeah, white, the whites are just under 50% now. And the black population here has always been very stable in the 12 to 15% range. So it's, it's the Pacific Islanders or Asians and primarily his, the Hispanic population has grown in leaps and bounds here. And so you take the, 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 the stability of the black, the increase of, of, of Hispanics and then the increase of everybody else and you're over 50% and growing and, and, and analysts will, will tell you that it's going to continue to climb over the next 10, 15, 25 years. Um, this country will be more diverse than it ever has in its history. So, and then on top of that, you look at the demo. So that's the cultural. So, you know, you have the technological is now widespread. You have the cultural has already, you know, moved and replaced the white majority. And demographically, <clears throat> the baby boomers who controlled everything for the last 40 years are now aged out and are dying off of that key group that everybody looks to for, you know, for what direction going what programs to create what what products to sell it's the spending power has now shifted to a much younger much younger group and groups that are growing up in a more diverse population 
groups that are, you know, that that they're they're now labeling as the plurals because um, <laughs> because they've run these, out of other these, things. Yeah, these groups are growing up in single parent households. These group are group, kids are growing up with gay with gay parents. These groups are growing up with uh, two parents that are working. Um, these groups don't know anything but diversity. The kids are all in preschool and you know grown up with a very diverse class of, of, of friends and students around them. So the the ship has sailed on diversity, okay? Um, demog- dem- demographically, we've changed. Culturally, we've changed. And technologically, we've changed. And and for those that don't embrace that change and go with it, you're going to be left behind. And you're, gonna, and you're doomed to failure if you don't embrace the change that's taken place. And that's exactly kind of what's happening in pockets around the country. You know, we, the country's trying to move towards clean energy, you know, different ways of, of creating, um, electricity, different ways of creating, you know, power sources and, and not just relying on fossil fuels and, and, and oil and all, right? They're trying to, they're using wind and solar and all this other, other things. But these pockets of people who won't accept the change are, are, are refusing to embrace the, the new way of doing things and therefore they're stagnating. They're unable to find jobs and, and, and they're just, you know, and, and, and what they're doing is that they, they, they go, you know, oh, poor, poor pitiful me. Um, there's no way out for me. And, um, and rather than, you know, embrace it and, and, and f- find ways to get involved in, in the, in the new ways of doing things going forward, they just, they just, you know, don't do anything. And then when they're given a voice and, and you've got leadership that says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bring the country back to where it was. And, you know, you know, these forgotten people are going to be taken care of. <clears throat> all of a sudden that changes things and they, they think all these things are going to happen. But, you know, look what really happened. Did they open up any new coal mines in, in the, in the last four years? No. Um, what ended up happening is that the, the air continued to get dirty. The, the water continued to be undrinkable. And, and nothing changed. So all these promises to these people were made. Nothing happened, but they still, they still believe it. They still believe that there, there's a way for them to come, to come back into prominence rather than embracing the change that's taken place. So you've got these, you've got this, this, this culture wars going on within this country where, you know, there's a pocket, there's pockets and mainly it's the Trump base versus everybody else. And we know that it's, it's a big base and it's countered by, you know, those who, you know, have embraced the change. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic that's kind of taking place and, and we'll see where it goes, but ultimately there's no bringing, you know, there's no bringing this country back to where it was because that ship has sailed. Absolutely. And so, Fascinating. And, that, and, and that's where, Bi- and that's what Biden's trying to do with his infrastructure package. If you take a look at it, right? He's trying to create. He's trying to create all sorts of new jobs and all sorts of new educational opportunities for people to to go to school and to learn how to create energy by, you know, with with green energy and solar power. And look at all the different things that are that are happening around the world to 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 do that, to advance that, to advance those ways of creating energy without polluting the water and polluting the air. And and there's there's a lot of opportunities to create charging stations for electric cars around the country. Automakers and oil companies, you know, you know, if you if you think they're just sitting back fighting this and and and, and fighting for the status quo, you're out of your mind. These companies have put tons of money into um, 
edu- you know, to, into re- you know, um, research and development to help them because they know that if they don't change, their businesses are going to fail. So even the oil companies are looking and investing in ways to create new energy. Um, even the auto companies are doing that. But there's pockets of people out there who, you know, who just don't don't get it and would rather just, you know, you know feel sorry for themselves than to embrace the change that's happening. So going forward, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, and, and that's why and that's, again, why you have somebody like Trump who's thinking about running again in 2024. It, it 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 creates more tension in it, and it, and, it, and it makes you you know it kind of like where 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 is this country going? What is the plan for the future? It would be fascinating to see how this pans out, Bruce. I'm, I'm really grateful for you digging back into the days when you were at Warner Brothers and bringing us that that research base because it underpins everything you've said and perhaps underpins a lot of what people think might be going on but actually there is some empirical evidence there that we can we can work on we'd normally and coming to the end of our, our time together we'd normally say oh but there's some great news from the dodgers but of course <laughs> they they weren't in the world series but you you better wrap the year up sports wise by telling us how did the world series end well the world series ended great if you're the atlanta braves they won oh, the right. world series okay. and um for the past number of years it's nice to know that the dodgers <clears throat> have either lost two in the World Series, the eventual champion, or were eliminated by the eventual champion. So, you know, to get to be the World Series champion, you had to go through L.A. That The road to the championship <laughs> goes through L.A. But it's funny because Major League Baseball punished the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta in particular because they were supposed to hold the All-Star game this year. But when Georgia, the state legislature there, changed in, uh, to the voting rights um, act in, in that state and made it, you know, and, and really created a, a bill that suppresses, um, people of color, um, suppresses, you know, creates, it makes it harder for them to vote because they know that people of color, um, really help decide elections in, in the, in the cities. They went and made it harder in, in those pockets where people of color reside to vote. And so Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver. This last past July. And it, it created a big backlash, but what happened is that <laughs> the Atlanta Braves became the team to play in the World Series. So Atlanta hosted three World Series games in Atlanta over the past, over just the past two weeks. Oh and then Atlanta ended up winning the World Series. So now <laughs> the Atlanta Braves are world champions. And don't think the governor hasn't had something to say about that. that I, he sees I it as an opportunity. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's just, you know, it's weird because in this country, you know, there's, there's kind of a double standard in a way. We talked about that, yeah. too, um, with the whole Atlanta Braves being the Braves. There's been, you know, they forced teams that have Indian kind of uh, sounding names to change those names. So like in, in years ago, Stanford University was the Stanford Indians. And now they're the Stanford Cardinal because the Indian, uh, Indian tribes got, you know, offended by that years ago. So they changed. And then recently, um, there was a big brouhaha about the Cleveland Indians major league baseball team. So the Cleveland Indians changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians and they had to drop what they call, they do the tomahawk chop, which is like a war oh, yeah. chant. People, yeah. you know, raise their arms like they're using a tomahawk, right? But, 
So they made Cleveland change their name, and then they made the Washington Redskins, the NFL team that's probably played in England a few times. They have indeed, yes. Yeah, they have. They made them change their name from the Redskins to the Washington Football Club. So they have no, no logo or no Redskins, which is pretty offensive in a way, um, by the way. Um, they made them change that, but the Atlanta Braves, they're still the Braves yeah. and they still have an Indian, you know, as their mascot and they still do the, the war chop, the tomahawk chop. Florida State University is a Seminoles. It's an Indian tribe and they, you know, have a mascot as a chief that rides out on a painted pony and puts a spear in the ground at the at games and they still do the war chant there. The Kansas City Chiefs are another NFL team who I believe have been in England to play. They're the Chiefs. And they still do the war chant. And it's funny. And they made a, a local high school here uh, with a British name, Birmingham High School. Absolutely. And we have a lot of English name things around here. I think whoever the developers were, we have Chatsworth Street, Devonshire Street, um, Birmingham High School. I mean, it's a, a lot of a lot of English, you know, history names floating around here. But they made the Birmingham Braves. They became the Birmingham Patriots. And so, but it's a double standard because, you know, why do those teams, are, why are they allowed to keep their name and, and continue to do that chop where the other teams were, were, you know, were made to change it? So, but, but that's, so politics has now crept into sports here more than it probably should have. But unfortunately, like everything else, um, everything generally centers back to becoming a political football here. And I guess that's, that's a new normal, I guess. <laughs> well, it's interesting and, and it's fascinating here. You talk about it with such passion, but also such balance and some understanding, knowing, of course, fully the position from which you come. I'm just reflecting on the Stanford Cardinals, and I know they're now Cardinal as in the Cardinal Red. But yeah. I could say um, as uh, as a, an Anglican, not as a Roman Catholic, I could object to them being called something to do with the Roman Catholic Church because the Roman Catholic Church have people called cardinals. One of the senior members uh, of their, their uh, clergy are called cardinals. I could say I object to that because it doesn't reflect diversity. But I'm right. not going to go also, there. But we also have the baseball team here, the St. Louis Cardinals, and their mascot is the bird, the cardinal, the, uh, ah. the bird. That's what so I think. You have the Stanford Cardinal, which is Cardinal Red for their co- red. for their school colors. And it, so, yeah, it, you know, but it, it's funny that you bring that up because it's kind of the way of the world now where everybody looking at this stuff so closely can find a way to, you know, to to make that something that's not politically correct. And, and you bring out the fact that you could be offended due to the By absolutely the term Cardinal. Right. So, I mean, anyway, you know, how, what are you, you going to do? It's interesting that, I mean, we could have, we started the program talking about hot dogs and people could be talking and saying, well, that is somewhat offensive. You know, if you leave your dog oh. in, oh, no, don't tell me you're going there I'm gonna as well. I'm going to no, but I'm going to leave you with this one really good one now. Okay, go for it. So baseball um, has, uh, we have what we call starting pitchers and what we call relief pitchers. The starting pitcher is the pitcher who starts the game and generally goes as many innings as he can till he tires out, and then they bring in a relief pitcher. <laughs> and the relief pitchers are in a in an area of this of the stadium called the bullpen. Yeah. And it's referred to as the pen, and and you know they really don't use bullpen; they call it the pen. But their name is the bullpen. Yep. Well, uh, well, Joe Buck, the announcer um, for Fox, was talking about the bullpen, and somebody from the organization PETA. Yes. So animal, animal, animal rights, rights organization. Yeah. 
was offended by his use of the term bullpen because they said that's where bulls go before they get slaughtered to a bullpen. And it makes the bulls very, they get, they know that they're going to die and they get very uncomfortable. So we want Major League Baseball to change the name of the bullpen to the arm barn. So that is a big, big controversy raging right now throughout the sports world to change a 150 year old name, the bullpen to the arm barn. I'm, I'm not even going to enter that one from any direction. Yeah. That's kind of like, just, yeah, that's kind of like get a life people, right? Well, Bruce, um, you, you, you are perfectly liberty to say that. And I might be thinking it. It's been an interesting journey for us today. Thank you so much indeed for spending time here on Siren Radio. And uh, just a reminder, if you're listening to this between five and six on a Thursday evening or between eight and nine on a Saturday morning in the UK, you can also hear this on our podcast. Just go to our website now because Ryan has glued the podcast to the front page of sirenonline.co.uk. Or you can go and see all the other stuff at sirenradio.podding.com. Bruce we, changed Bruce. Back, we changed back on November 7th, I believe. So, so all the timings uh, next week will be absolutely yeah. right. But for the moment, right. I'm going to say thank you very much indeed for being with us. And Bruce, you take the greatest of care. You all too. Thank you so much, Andrew. Talk to you soon.